illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! I am the man that's like the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right back. Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. How you doing, Beach? Doing good, Billy. How are you doing, doing today? Doing pretty good. Has your uh, barn construction started yet? No. My heavy equipment was supposed to be in my backyard when I got home this evening, and it was not. Hmm. And then I got a text from my builder that said the weather has delayed them, so hopefully tomorrow. Okay, cool. So uh, how long is it going to take them to build your barn? I think about six okay. weeks. So not too bad, but it sure is the crappy time of year to do yeah, it. Yeah, at least you don't have to put in a septic tank. Yes, very good thing. Are you going to tap into your septic line? That is the goal, even though nothing will be actually put into the barn. We're going to hopefully prep it for it down the road. Right on. Concrete floor? Yes. we'll be able to park the trailer in there after the season? That's the plan. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and a screw around. Pretty much, huh? Pretty right. much. It's 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 just a... All right, Beach. Tonight, we're going to have a little bit of Beaver Sports News. Um, All righty. Well, we usually have Beaver Sports News, yep, don't yep, we, Billy? We'll have our okay. uh, update from Eugene, I think. Uh, a little bit of okay. one, yeah. We're going to go under further review for week eight in the Pac-12. We'll have a... Exciting about We'll have that. a Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week to hand out. Always my we will favorite. preview the week nine uh, games in the Pac-12 and do uh, our picks with Kyle. Uh, and then um, I need your help, Beach, because we're going to talk what? a little bit about the UCLA tailgater. Ooh, okay. And uh, we're right. going to kind of talk about what we're going to be putting on for the food for said tailgater. 
And then yep. we'll finish it off with a little Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. Yes, it's it's. I'm I'm taking it in a different direction this right. week, Billy. I'm pretty excited about cool. this. Cool. I'm always glad when you bring it. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us now on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a few ways. First, email us HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Just search at HeinrichTailgater, and also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. All right, Beach. First up is a little Beaver Sports news. Uh, do we have any listener feedback? No listener feedback this week. Ooh, well, we did meet a few listeners though over the that game. That we did. That we did. That we did. That, that that was pretty awesome. I can't believe we had more than two listeners. I know. So I think that it always exciting. blows you away. People actually <laughs> listen to us totally and our stupidity on here. I know, crazy. I just think right. they'd rather listen so, to us than some of the stupid drive time radio. That's true, and there's not enough good classic rock stations on the radio anymore. There you go. All right, Beach. Uh, let's talk a little women's volleyball. I I love women's volleyball, Billy. Despite it's my favorite you know, sport. Despite a match free of service errors compared to 18 for number one ranked USC, the Oregon State volleyball team fell to the top ranked Trojans in four sets on Friday night at Gill Coliseum. Then on Sunday afternoon, the Oregon State volleyball team rallied back from a two set hole to force a deciding fifth set, but were unable to complete the comeback as the Beavers fell to the 10th ranked UCLA Bruins three to two. The Bees are now 4-16 overall, 2-8 in the Pac-12, and they return to action on Friday, October 30th, with a match at Colorado at 6 o'clock. The Beavs bookend the road trip with a match at Utah on Sunday, November 1st at 11. We kind of suck like a straw, don't yeah, we? Yeah, not doing really well. Not doing really well. Uh, you know, it would turn it around if we could change it to a beach volleyball program. Uh, Oregon has beach volleyball. Do they? Yes. Who do they play? I don't know. I believe the Southern California schools are in it. Um, I'm not sure who else, but I know Oregon has beach volleyball. You know, that might be worth some scouting effort, Billy. You we should think about that. that. Exactly. Purely for research purposes. Exactly. exactly. Not not that I'm a lonely single man who hasn't had a date in six months. Not at all. Beach, now you make me feel bad for you. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. Pac-12 beach volleyball. Okay. This is on the official... Pac-12 website. So the Pac-12 adds sand volleyball as its 23rd sport. Does this help them get their numbers up? Yes. Okay. And what you can do is you can double dip. Um, I love to double well, dip. Well, I never get the opportunity. Well, what I'm saying is uh, if you do uh, if you do that, you can have Volleyball players from your regular volleyball also play. Sand so they can, so they can play both, but they get credit for both as well. Yeah, you get you get two participants. You get it's like having two athletes. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it totally sounds like the Obama like carbon emissions, like you're trading carbon emissions and stuff here to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, this is who I see. We, we comply with the EPA. This is who I wait, see. Wait, wait. Okay. I don't know when. Here, select a sport. It's got to be a spring or a summer sport, doesn't it? Beach volleyball. It's a winter sport. They'd probably. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, they don't really have anybody. Oh, here, see full season schedule. Okay, it looks like. 
Yeah, I know Oregon does. Okay, here we go. Um, so I see Arizona. Mm-hmm. Cal Poly um, is listed. Now these these are all in see and these are all in um in March. So it's different than the regular volleyball schedule. So I see okay. Arizona, um, Cal Poly, Cal. I don't know who's all in the uh, – I see Cal. I see Arizona, SC, Stanford, Cal State, Northridge. I don't know who, which one of these schools are all in the Pac-12. Anyways, God, could you could you imagine going to the uh, to like a, a USC sand volleyball game? I wouldn't know whether to watch the the players or the song girls. I mean, I'd I'd be so distracted between both. Pretty much. I think. Do you think yeah. this? Do you think the uh, uh, the song girls will be out there? I would hope so. Yeah, I don't see. I'm seeing Cal. UCLA, Oregon, Arizona State, Arizona, Stanford, and USC. So Oregon is the farthest northern school to participate in said event. You know they're just doing it because they need the credits. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But anyways, so all right, Beach. Let's move on to women's soccer. Okay. Uh, the Oregon State's women's soccer team fell to Arizona State three to nothing on Friday night at the Sun Devil Soccer Stadium. Freshman Tony Malone notched the first goal of her Oregon State career. But an early lead was not enough for the Beavs as they fell to Arizona 2-1 to on Sunday afternoon in Tucson, Arizona. The Beavs are now 6-7-3 and overall, 2-5 and in the Pac-12, and return home for their final three matches of 2015, beginning Friday when they host Washington. Oregon State will follow that up by taking on Washington State on Sunday and hosting Oregon to end the year. So they're just hoping to break even for the season. Yeah, well, in the Pac-12, if they win them all, they could go uh, 9-7, and seven, so... Which was sad because it started out just on fire. Yeah. So. All right, Beav. Let's move on to men's soccer. All righty, Billy. Uh, former Oregon State men's soccer players Robbie Finley and Danny Mwanga have both been named to the Pac-12 All-Century men's soccer team, which was released last week by the Pac-12 networks. Finley was named to the starting 11, while Mwanga earned a spot on the team's bench. Now, Finley was a standout for the Beavs from 2003 to 2006, helping lead the team to an NCAA tournament appearance in his freshman season. Wonga made his mark on the Oregon State program in his two seasons with the Beavs, scoring 18 goals from 2008 to 2009. Now, the Beavers themselves return to action this week when they take on Stanford at home on Thursday. Hmm. So, uh, this is the 100th year of what is the Pac-12 um, it hasn't always obviously been known as the Pac-12, but the conference that has turned into the Pac-12, this is their 100th year. And so they're they're releasing okay. these all-century teams. So the, Are they doing the same for football yes, too? Yes, for all the uh, – okay. football's a little different because they're going like top running backs, top quarterbacks, and stuff okay. like that. So, Well, I could care less about soccer, but I'm intrigued when they come out with the football one. They, they've, which, re- uh, they've, they've released a number of them already. Um I'll tell you what, for next week, I will try to look them up and get you a list of some of the notable ones. Yeah, at least like your your Oregon State uh, players, maybe, uh, you know, if there's a couple Oregon players we might know. Sure, we can do that. 
and uh, yeah, just 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 the the standouts that we would know either either famous ones that moved on to be outstanding players in the NFL or uh, you know local boys that we'd be be happy cool. to see. That's kind of cool. cool. All right, Beach. Moving on to women's swimming for a listener, Greg. So so we're going back real quick, Billy. Did it start out as the Pac Eight or well, was it was, there something it was, else before? It was the Pac Eight. I mean, when it was called the Pac, uh, but it wasn't always called the Pacific. Eight. Um, it was before that, I believe, the PCC, which was the Pacific Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So the conference was cr- okay. Actually, here I'll I'll read you the thing right now. So um, okay. Uh, the conference was created after the disbanding of the Pacific Coast Conference, whose principal members founded the. Athletic Association of Western Universities, the AAWU in 1959. So it had been the, the, the PCC, the Pacific Coast Conference. Okay. Um, and then in 1959, it became the AAWU and went by the names the Big Five, the Big Six, the Pac-8, the Pac-10, and then it became the Pac-12 in 2011. Okay. Okay. God, it's been – we've been the Pac-12 since 2011. Mm-hmm. Where in the hell is the time gone, Billy? Um, who knows? So the the original founding members of what was the Pacific Coast Conference page mm-hmm. were the University of Washington, the University of California, Berkeley, the okay. University of Oregon, and Oregon State University. Okay. So there's – there you go. Oh, here. Here's affiliate members. It uh, doesn't say what uh, – Former affiliate members. See, it doesn't have a beach volleyball listed on here. So, anyways. Anyways, so there you go, Beach. All right, women's swimming for Greg. Senior Sammy Harrison stayed undefeated in the 500-yard freestyle for the 2015-2016 season with a win in the event against UCLA and UC Santa Barbara on Saturday afternoon. Now, sophomore Nomi Midrez also placed in the top five in the 500 free. Now, Harrison opened the meet with the 1,000-yard freestyle, placing second. The senior freestyler had won the 1,000 in the four previous meets this season before Saturday's second-place finish. Junior Brooke Meyer was the Beavers' next-highest finisher, placing third in the 100-yard fly. Freshman Megan Lamb followed her in the event in fourth, while junior Jessica Cavanaugh and senior Constance Tulumod tied for fifth. Now, final dual scores were 175-82 in favor of the UCLA Bruins and 180-76 in favor of the Gauchos. Now, following this week's action, the Oregon State swimming team will take a week off before returning to action against Pacific and Fresno State on Saturday, November 7th. Cool. All right, right, Beej, and we'll have a little bit of uh, football news here. Just, I don't know if you you heard this. This is mainly for you. Uh, Treston Decoud who was injured and carried off the uh, field on Saturday in the ambulance? Yes. What's the story? Uh, Well, he has been ruled out for this week, um, although he did rejoin the team in the locker room at the end of the game on Saturday. Wow. So so he he was okay. Probably still he's, he's undergoing concussion protocol, I believe. So he has not been. Cleared. I was going to say, I, I was going to say, even with that, I mean, once you got a concussion, they pretty much don't let you play for at least a week. Yeah, yeah, they? and he'll have to pass a series of tests before they let him. Um, also on that news, Chris Brown, who was running back, had a good run and got injured. He has been ruled out for this week, also. 
and Sean Harlow, the offensive lineman, who looked to be in a lot of pain late in the game, and they carted him off on the gator um, and put his mm-hmm. foot in a boot. He has had surgery yeah. on that ankle, and he is done. He is for... out for the season. I believe he's a senior, so that he has played his last game. Wow. Stinks. Y- you know, it was a pretty brutal game. Yeah, it was It was physical. It was really physical. Yeah. I'm uh, – I don't know. I just – I hate – being the team that gives uh, Colorado their first Pac-12 win. Yeah. Well, it was going to happen. They yeah. lost 14 in a row. I just wish we always didn't have to be the bitch, though. Yeah. I always feel like if somebody's going to be the bitch in the Pac-12, it's always Oregon State. Well, for the last few years, it's been Colorado. So. Well, yeah, but they came into it. But why? Why do we have to be Colorado's bitch? <laughs> We're not. We just. Why can't somebody? The beeves aren't. They just lost a game. I still feel like somebody's hey, a bitch. Hey, hey, Beach, is that the teletype right here behind you? Son of a bitch, Billy, it is! <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Billy. Yes. This just in. University of Oregon Ducks offensive coordinator acknowledges Oregon fans are ignorant. <laughs> In deflecting criticism Monday afternoon, O.C. Scott Frost stated, most people that are criticizing them, the Oregon players and coaches, couldn't draw up 11 guys on a football field where they're supposed to line up. (laughs) So the people that think they know things don't. Now, that is a quote directly from offensive coordinator Scott Frost. Yes. Well, Beach, isn't this something we've been saying for years? I, I truly think it is, Billy. This is not news to Oregon State fans, but uh, evidently this is breaking news to uh, the people of Eugene and uh, especially Oregon Duck fans. Well, part of the problem with that, Beach, is for them to draw up 11, 11, uh, Got guys, 11 guys on a football they, they, field. They'd Billy. have to take off their shoes because they don't have 11 fingers. They probably can't count true. that high. Wow. You know, I kind of like Scott Frost, though. He, you know, he's, he was pretty direct and blunt in the uh, interview, which I like. Well, not I like only that, but he's a, he's a Husker. Oh, oh yeah, really? He was a quarterback for the Huskers. Oh, that's awesome. The and there's a lot of Husker fans that think when Riley is eventually done at mm-hmm. uh, Nebraska that they might bring in Frost. Wow. Who knows? Who knows? Hell, they, they might even bring him in uh, this next year if uh, Riley has to make some changes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You never know. All right, Beach. Good update from Eugene. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to go under further review for Pac-12 Week 8? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Let's do it, Billy. All right, Beach. Uh, let's see here. I've got our list of games from last week. Um, going into the week. You were at number one with 36 out of 51. Kyle and I were tied with 34 out of 51. And we had five games on tap for the week. First game up was on Thursday, October 22nd. Number 20, Cal, at UCLA. Who'd you take? I took Cal on that one. Um, actually, all three of us took Cal. 
And Josh Chosen Rosen completed a school record 34 passes for UCLA and threw two of his three touchdown passes to Devin Fuller as UCLA got back on track with a 40 to 24 victory over number 20 Cal on Thursday night. Now Rosen passed for 500, or excuse me, 399 yards in another splendid game for the standout rookie. And Thomas Duarte had a career high of 10 catches for 141 yards for the Bruins. Now, UCLA rebounded from consecutive losses to Arizona State and Stanford, along with a drop from the national rankings, with a 573-yard offensive performance and a stellar effort by its passwork defense, which sacked Cal star Jared Goff five times. Now, debuting their... J- Jared, Jared who, Billy? Jared, don't call me Jack Goff. Okay, yeah. just checking. Debuting their black and shiny gold city uniforms, UCLA appeared revitalized. Now, Kiami Fairbairn, their field goal kicker, made four field goals, including a school-record 60-yarder at the halftime gun. And the UCLA defense caused trouble for Goff throughout. Now, Goff did pass for 295 yards in a second straight disappointing game for the Bears, who have lost two straight after a really hot start. Now, Beach, going back, did you see those city uniforms? Uh, I, how do you pronounce it, Billy? What, what are they called? City uniforms. Okay. I, I I'm I just want to make sure I heard you right. wasn't wasn't sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna look these up here real yes. quick because I did not see them. They they look like crap. I think they look like crap. Or were they? Uh, who, who 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 did them? I don't know. But I didn't I didn't look. Are 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 they uh, are they uh, are they uh, Nike? I don't know. They might be Adidas. But they just don't look good. They do not look good. And uh, um. Hold on, I'm going back. Uh, Adidas. It is okay. Adidas. And and I don't know what to think about them. It's like they tried. I think they hard. look like crap. My thing yeah, is, they UCLA tried uniforms hard. are kind of iconic, and uh-huh. I don't know why change them like that. I, I really yeah, don't. I- I, they, they, it's like they tried too hard. You know, they put pinstripes on the letters. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, it looks like crap. Yeah, it's like they tried to incorporate the Yankees and the, I don't know what the hell they got going on. A little too much. All right, Beach. Well, none of us got the win on that one. All right. They definitely are the city uniforms. Yeah. You ever seen that uh, South Park episode about the shitty walk? No, I, I do remember the, the sweaty balls from, yeah. uh, same kind of thing. All right, Beach, next game's yeah. up. We're all on Saturday, <laughs> October 24th. Um, uh, next up, we had number three Utah at USC. I picked Utah. Actually, all three of us took Utah. And Cameron Smith returned the second of his three interceptions, 54 yards for a touchdown. And USC knocked the third-ranked Utes from the unbeaten ranks with a 42-24 victory Saturday night. Now, Ronald Jones II, Justin Davis, and fullback Soma Vanuku rushed for scores to help the Trojans snap their two-game skid and earn a victory for interim coach Clay Helton in his debut game at the Coliseum. Now, quarterback Cody Kessler passed for 264 yards and a touchdown and rushed for another score, while Juju Smith-Schuster had eight catches for 143 yards and a fourth-quarter TD that wrapped up the win. Now, the sounds of the Trojan celebration could be heard through the walls of the Coliseum, where USC had lost its previous two home games. 
Now, Utah was second in the nation in turnover margin entering the game, forcing 19 turnovers and committing just seven. The Trojans erased that advantage thanks to Smith, the first USC player with three interceptions in the game since Jason Oliver in 1991 against Penn State. Now, while Utah quarterback Travis Wilson threw four interceptions during a rough night for the Orange County native, Utah also inexplicably failed to establish its running game against USC, which had been bullied up front this season. Star tailback Devontae Booker had just 14 carries for 62 yards, and Bubba Poole rushed for a score. So for me, Beads, that, that's good and bad, right? Because USC had not played the run very well up front, um, which I thought the Beavs played the run pretty well against Colorado, mm-hmm. which is good. You know, that's good. The Beavs, I think, played very well. That's good if Utah didn't really run the ball very well. Of course, now that Utah didn't run the the ball very well, they might just come out and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to establish mm-hmm. the run. So mm-hmm. now I'm a little worried. But anyways, so USC, surprise. To me, Utah had been kind of living on the edge a little bit this season. Uh I think any team in the Pac-12 that hasn't lost a game yet is, is well, living on the edge. they've all lost a game now. Now they, they have. have. Yeah, but I, I don't think Stanford's going to lose another game right now. You think they're? You think they own well, it? Well, next up, Beach is Washington at number ten, Stanford. Pretty sure I took so, Stanford on so this one, Billy. None of us got that Utah score. Yes, you took Stanford. All three of us took Stanford. Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey caught a touchdown pass, ran for another score, and gained 300 all-purpose yards in another sterling all-around performance to lead number 10 Stanford to its sixth straight victory, 31-14 over Washington on Saturday night. Now, McCaffrey caught a touchdown pass. Oh, I just said that, didn't I? Kevin Hogan threw for 290 yards and two scores for the Cardinal. Now, they have topped 30 points in each game since a season-opening loss to Northwestern thanks to their efficient quarterback and all-purpose star. Now, McCaffrey, who entered the game with a football bowl subdivision best 253 all-purpose yards per game, had a 50-yard touchdown catch and a 7-yard scoring run in the third quarter. In all, he ran 23 times for 109 yards, caught five passes for a career 112 yards, and added 79 yards on kick returns in his third 300-yard all-purpose game of the season. Wow. Now the Huskies were hell, hell, hell of an athlete. Yes, the Huskies were no match for the Cardinal, especially with starting quarterback Jake Browning watching after he appeared to hurt his right shoulder late in last week's loss to Oregon. Now backup KJ Carter Samuels completed just nine of 21 passes for 118 yards, as Washington didn't even cross midfield until the third quarter. Huskies freshman running back Miles Gaskin ran for 108 yards and a score for his third straight 100-yard game. You know, you're really starting at this point in the season to see injuries pile up. Yeah, they're starting to impact the teams. Yep. They they no longer have the the depth isn't there, and and they're starting to show their weaknesses. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, yeah it's interesting. And to me, like I said, I I don't know. I haven't seen any Heisman lists lately, but McCaffrey needs to be in the top three or four. He he is now. Is he? And he's a senior. I don't believe so. Wow. I think he's only like a sophomore or junior. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how long he'll stay. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So anyways, we all got the win on that one. Next up was Washington State at Arizona. Beach, who'd you take? Washington. I took Arizona like a fool. Yes, Beach. And Kyle and I both took Wazoo. 
And that was good for us because Washington State quarterback Luke Falk threw for 514 yards and hit Gabe Marks on his on four of his five touchdown passes, helping resurgent Washington State beat Arizona 45-42 to Saturday. Now, Marks caught eight passes for 97 yards, the last one a nine-yard touchdown that put the Cougs up 45-35. to Washington State recovered an onside kick to hold on for its first three-game Pac-12 winning streak since 2003. The Cougs are also 5-2 for the first time since opening up that same season 7-2. Now, the Wildcats sputtered at times offensively before getting the spark from quarterback Gerard Randall, who replaced Anu Solomon in the third quarter. Now, he threw for 137 yards, including a 20-yard touchdown pass to Johnny Jackson with 44 seconds left, and also had 105 yards on 10 carries. Wow. So, Wazoo, I think they might... might, uh, Surprise a couple more people out there. Their their defense, my thing is last year they could always score points, but they couldn't stop anybody. And this year their defense is getting some stops. Wouldn't it be ironic if they get, went uh, ahead of the Ducks in the uh, Pac-12 North? It would be hilarious, actually. Yeah. Although I hate yeah. Mike Leach. So. I know it's such a tough thing, but the the irony would still be a beautiful thing. All right, Beach, So uh, Since, since uh, one of the fans called uh when when they lost to uh, wazoo one of the fans uh at the uh at Austin said i can't believe we're losing to a high school team uh, wow yeah all right beach and the last game of the week colorado at oregon state and of course as per usual we all took the beeves the Buffalo snapped a 14-game losing streak in the Pac-12 with a 17-13 victory over the Beavs on Saturday night. Colorado's last league win was on November 16, 2013, when the Buffs beat Cal 41-24 in Boulder. Now, the victory over the Beavs also snapped a 13-game losing streak on the road against conference foes, with the last coming on September 22, 2012, at Washington State 35-34. Now, Colorado quarterback Cephalafau threw for 140 yards and a touchdown and ran for another score for Colorado, which had lost three straight going into the game. Now, running back Ryan Nall for the Beavers ran for 122 yards and a touchdown. And the Beavs are the last team in the Pac-12 without a conference win. The Beavs have lost four straight games. Now, the Beavs shook things up a bit, starting redshirt freshman quarterback Nick Mitchell handing off to usual starter Seth Collins on the team's first offensive play. Now, Collins retook the reins on the next play, but the two rotated throughout the game. Now, Mitchell was the Beavs' third-string quarterback behind Collins and Marcus McMarion at the start of the season, but he's impressed the coaches in practice and this week moved up the depth chart. Anderson said the dual quarterback system would continue going forward. What's the purpose of that, Billy? I just don't think they can decide. I think... Collins is a better runner. I think Mitchell is the better passer. Mm-hmm. And so when what and what happened to McMarion? He just hasn't looked good at all when he's been in there. So he's mm-hmm. moved down to third. Now on the Beavs opening drive, true freshman quarterback Seth Collins also completed an eleven yard pass to Mitchell before Ryan Nall's one yard scoring run put Oregon State up seven to three. Now Beavers starting cornerback Tristan DeCoud was injured when he was inadvertently hit by a teammate early in the second quarter and had to be taken off the field by an ambulance like we talked to earlier. Mm-hmm. Now Mitchell completed 9 of 24 passes for 122 yards for the Beavs, while Collins was 4 of 7 for 77 yards and ran for 50 more. You know, Beach, during that game I was really happy 
with how the Beavs' defense played. I thought the defense played really, really well. Yeah, I think um, so. I would have liked to have seen that interception um, later in the game when um, Lafau was hit as he was thrown and the ball fluttered out there, and the Beavers' mm-hmm. uh, linebacker just didn't catch the ball because the next play after that, Colorado hit a 22-yard pass to uh, their tight end and then would go down to score. I, I, I don't mean to sound like a homer here, but I felt the refs missed a couple of very important calls. And, I mean, we should have won the game. Any way you look at it, we should have won with or without the calls. Mm-hmm. But they blew a couple of obvious I thought calls. That one, one of them no- was that pass interference one. As they were driving down the field, yes. Yeah, the guy never turned around, waylaid our guy, took him Ran down, right and there was nothing. Yeah. 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 Right. And it didn't even make the effort to act like he was trying to get no, the ball. No, he ran right through our player. And how they don't flag that, I'll never know. Especially when our player yeah, was turned that. around and had his hands out waiting for the ball. Exactly. So, no, I agree. I agree. So, But we still should have won the game, bad calls yeah. or not. But, uh, you know, we all knew it was going to be a tough year this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a Pac-12 win this week. But, Beach, yeah. uh, so after this week, you had a bad week. It was a rough you, week, you, Billy, well, I tell you. To be quite honest, it was, it was a rough week. It was a rough week. week for all of us. You got a whopping one out of five, and Kyle and I got a whopping two out of five. So as it stands right now, you are in the lead with 37 out of 56, and Kyle and I are hot on your heels with 36 out of 56. I, I just, with with as many weeks as left, I don't think I can maintain my lead. I honestly uh, you don't. Never know. I you never know. Screwed. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> all right, Beads, let's look at the Pac-12 in the polls. Not a lot of Pac-12 schools in the polls right now, Beach. In the AP poll, Stanford has crawled up to number eight. Utah fell 10 spots to number 13. UCLA has re-entered at number 24. And USC, Cal, and Washington State are all in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford again is at number eight. Utah fell to 14. UCLA re-entered at 25. And Cal... USC, Washington State, and Oregon are in the others receiving votes category. That that Oregon vote is just a pity yeah. vote. That's like we're we're sorry you suck so bad this year, man. We'll give That's you a vote just to make you feel good. Probably whoever votes for Oregon's coaches vote voting for himself. Yeah, that's what it is. The narcissistic sons of bitches. All right. All right. Okay, Beach. Up next is our Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? Sure do. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. Now, every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it goes on the middle category, the leadership. Now, I don't think I gave this to you in our notes, did I? No, I don't have a yeah, clue. I knew this would kind of piss you off. Everything pisses me off, Billy. I'm a I'm a pissed off son there of a gun. Okay. A senior football player at Bloomfield Hills High School in Metropolitan Detroit is banned from attending any fall sporting events for a seemingly innocuous comment made at a soccer game. He was originally banned from playing in the final game of his high school football career by the school's administration, but a petition on change.org and a social media blitz helped change the decision. Why why was he banned? We're going to get there, Beach. According to a petition... Okay, sorry, I'm jumping there again. According to, a, according to a petition on change.org, student Jay Cook yelled, quote, get that boy a banana, unquote, to a soccer player on the opposing team who collapsed with a leg cramp. 
since bananas are high in potassium and used to combat muscle cramps. A yeah, school, I, I, I got I, I understood that comment. So why was that bad? A school administrator assumed his comment was a racist attack at the other school and reported him. Wow. Are you freaking kidding Hold me? Hold on, let me finish. Now, Cook said on the change.org petition, quote, I was in no way trying to be racist, and I hope that those who perceive it as such can forgive me for this. Southfield Lathrop played a great game, and I'm extremely sorry for saying what I did. But I can say wholeheartedly that it was not meant to be racist in any way. Now, the petition, started by Cook's friend and teammate, reached 2,200 signatures by the afternoon of Friday's game. And school administrators announced the reduced sentence before the game, allowing him to play, but still a severe punishment consistent with his comments. <coughs> which the administration called, quote, hurtful to players of the opposing team in their statement. Now, none of the opposing players said that they were offended by the comment at all. This is what, like you and I were talking about earlier, is people sit around waiting to be offended on behalf of other exactly. people. Stupid teacher. Yeah, stupid administrator. This is what we've come to in this country, that you can't say anything because somebody might be offended. And that just it just pisses me off. You know? It's I I say the racist is the person sitting around looking for the racist comment. Uh-huh. They're the ones so insecure in themselves that they have to sit around looking for racist comments, looking for something mm-hmm. to be wrong. Unbelievable. Get the boy a banana. Yeah, when he's sitting there. What, what, was, what, 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 was the guy black? I, I guess so. They did not say it in all the uh, accounts I've seen, but I, I. I mean, I'm just I'm assuming that's where they're going with with like a monkey or something like that with that I, coming. Now I'm in trouble. Somebody's going to get pissed off. We've, we just lost a we just lost a listener, yeah. Billy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I don't know, Beach. I mean, I think we could all kind of imagine that's what the administrator assumed. He, he, you know, Dad, he gets cramps a lot. Man, he uses pickle juice. So maybe you should have said, get the boy a bottle of pickle juice, and then it'd be yeah, okay. Or mustard. Yeah, mustard works really well, too. But certainly somebody's going to get offended by that, you know. I guess. Yeah, I don't know what you can be offended on, but somebody will be offended in something that you say. I offend people daily. It's kind of my well, job. I, some of that stuff, it just kills me. Um, I. Like I said, I get tired of people being offended on behalf of other people. It's none of their damn business. No, pretty much. You know, and and, and so you're offended. Big, lotty, freaking deal. You know, I mean, there's nothing. It's not a crime for you to offend somebody. Matter of fact, it's kind of what stimulates the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it motivates you to do better. I, I, you know, pro- you know, I'll prove to you that I'm better than that. I'll prove to you that uh, that I'm not, you know, that I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. But these people would rather wallow in uh, their own misery, victims. Pretty much, it's a victim mentality. Pretty much, that's what we've created in this world. All right, so the school administration. Do we ha- do we have a name of this jackass no, we don't. of the week? But we're just going to give it to the entire school administration at Bloomfield Hills High School. This week's Jackass of the Week Award. Is for you. Banana hating sons of bitches. You know what I can't believe is we haven't had any Tommy Tuberville jackass moments this year. 
He's hmm. he's keeping a, a low profile. Where where's he at? Now? He's at Cincinnati. Okay. Remember, he was the but he hasn't done anything. He was the first three time recipient of the Jackass of the Week yeah, award. Yeah. So we named it after him. And he yes. had one. He had one. I know the next year. I don't remember if he had any last year, but he hasn't had any this year. So. No, that's a little shocking. I'm sure he'll do something of ample jackassery that we can uh, give him the award. You know, maybe for the oh, you know what we need, Billy. What? When we do our tailgater, in in celebration of this little thing, we need chocolate covered bananas, frozen chocolate bananas. Okay, Beach, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, sorry, right. sorry, jumping ahead there. Just you know, when they hit me, I got to share them with you. Otherwise, I'll forget by the time it right. comes around. So, Beach, it is now time for our Guns and Roses musical interlude. What the hell did we picked today, Billy? You never we told hadn't me. picked anything. Ooh, okay. So I was thinking, since they will be playing in Utah. Maybe uh, they're not that far from Ogden, where BYU is located. Maybe a little uh-huh. uh, Guns N' Roses cover of a Bob Dylan classic, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Oh, that would be good. All right, so up next. I see, I see where you're taking that one there, Billy. All right, I think you just offended some people. <laughs> Maybe. All right, Beach. so up next, a little Guns N' Roses with a Bob Dylan classic, Knocking on Heaven's Door.
right, Beach. So that song, Guns N' Roses actually was doing that cover song live for a number of years before they actually recorded it and put it on the Use Your Illusion 2 album. Okay. You know, there was a comment um, I had read somewhere regarding Paul McCartney's son, I thought. About what? Uh, said, let me look if I can look it up. What was what was the comment about? Um, he said, uh, I want to say like he said something to his dad, like he thought, like he he said, uh, like why did you copy that Guns N' Roses song or something to that effect? Didn't know that you know. Oh, that. And it was on a live concert or something, and Axel actually talked about it live in concert oh. about it. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was something to that effect. Hmm. And oh, and actually, and I'm not even thinking of that one. I'm thinking Live and Let yeah, Die. Forgive me. I'm thinking Live and Let Die. I knew what you were talking about. But, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm jump- my, my brain goes from Dylan to freaking Paul McCartney. My, Dude, my what was the worst things you could go to? Well, well, you know, it's just because Guns N' Roses does like a cover song on – uh, just about every album they've done, haven't they? Um, quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. They've they've always been, uh, and they do nice versions of the covers. Oh, I think too. they do great versions. Yeah, actually made made uh, really did a nice job with with uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah, version. I think that, I I agree. Song, All right, Beach. Yeah. It is now time to take a peek at week number nine in the Pac-12 and get yours, mine, and Kyle's picks down. Okay. All right, Beach. So we've got a few games on the docket. First up is Thursday, October 29th. We have Oregon at Arizona State. It's all about points. It's not about our love. I'm taking Oregon on this one. They had a bye week. They're going to be recovered and ready. All right. They've they've always done well after bye weeks. Okay. Well, Kyle texted me. I hate you, Kyle. And Kyle said, in honor of Halloween, I will make my selections on whose mascot would make a better sexy costume. So first up would be Oregon at Arizona State. He said, sexy puddles versus sexy sun devil. Nothing sexy about a cloaca. Sun devil it is. Do you know what a cloaca is? No. (laughs) That's the multi-use vent a duck has. Instead of, well, how do I put this gently? Um, it, it, it's it's a duck's vent. Okay. So it's used for... Exhaust? Uh, yes. It's used for... <sighs> Is that where the term duck fart comes from? No, I don't know where that comes from. Oh. But it's used for... It's used for um, going to the bathroom uh-huh. and procreation. Ovulating? Well, procreation, yes. Okay. So, yes, that's what that is. So, yeah, nothing sexy about that at all. No. Especially nothing sexy about an animal that eats its own feces. Yeah, but Kyle knows way too much about a duck's anatomy. <laughs> it worries me a little bit. <laughs> all right. So um, he's taking Arizona State. I, too, am taking Arizona State. Really? Yes, I am. 
Okay, Beach. up next, all the rest of the games are on Halloween, Saturday, October 31st. First up, we're going to have USC at Cal. Cal. Really? Yep. Okay. Kyle says, sexy Trojan on a horse versus sexy Oski. I would definitely prefer to party with sexy Oski. Hey. I would. <laughs> any sexy bear that could drink beer through its eye hole, that's where I'm going. I'm going Cal also. Uh, you know, why do you do this crap to me? I say Cal and you're like, really? <laughs> like, oh my God, how could you have ever picked that team, you fool? Uh, you ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Beach. Up next, the winner, Colorado. At number 24, UCLA. Oh, I think UCLA is going to make Colorado their bitch this week. Really? I Kyle so. says... <laughs> you did it again! You did it again! I swear to God, what's your problem? <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Kyle says, Sexy Ralphie versus Sexy Bruin. Now that is close, but let's say you're out rocking your Sexy Ralphie at the club and DJ spins Buffalo Stance. Oh, yeah, Sexy Ralphie. Remember Buffalo Stance? Yes, I Buff- Is that who it was? Uh, I thought it might Dina have been. Okay. I remember listening to that when we were driving one time with Mom and Dad when, when I was in like 15 or 16, going to I was going gonna... to Reno. Yeah, really? My, had my radio on and was listening to my little radio. Anyways. Did you, did you have it on your cassette tape playing in your Walkman? Probably did. I didn't have it on cassette tape. My Walkman had a, a FM radio on it too, I believe. Anyways, we're, <laughs> we're talking about some of those friggin' almost 30 years ago. All right, Beach. Um, God, that's ridiculous. 30 years ago. What the hell is a Buffalo Stance? I don't know. Um, but um, so you're taking UCLA. Kyle's taking Colorado because he said sexy Ralphie. The problem is, Beach, Kyle doesn't realize this, but Ralphie is the one mascot that is the real Buffalo. Hmm. The costume mascot on the sideline is Chip. So because of that, his whole reasoning is wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm taking UCLA. All right. Hey, I'm trying. I'm, I think I found out what a buffalo stance okay. is here. It's something we're going to take a poop. Thank God for Google. Okay, it says here, ooh, buffalo stance. To stand with your arms tightly crossed, looking over to side at, uh, looking over to side at somebody. This comes from the pose struck by Bruce Smith of the Buffalo Bills in the late 1980s. Oh. Run DMC often posed in a buffalo yes, stance. Yes, they did. There you go. Oh. We, again, we educate the people on so much crap on this little and, podcast. And ourselves. You'd be like, dude, I just did a buffalo stance. <laughs> it just sounds, sounds like you just, as 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 my youngest son Gunner says, Beach, it sounds like you just dropped an organ. Yes. And why does he say that? Because Oregon is a number two. Oregon's always a number two. That's right. All right, Beach. Next up, uh, number eight, Stanford at the recently hot Washington State. Stanford's just going to run it right through them. 
It doesn't matter how cold it is. You're going Stanford? They're going to win. I'm going Stanford. Okay, yeah. Kyle says, sexy Cardinal versus sexy Cougar. Frankly, sexy Cougars are what is wrong with most Halloween parties. <laughs> but sexy Cardinal is one of those costumes the person has to explain the whole night. And it still isn't funny. Defer to sexy tree. You can make wood jokes. Stanford. So Kyle's taking Stanford. You got to appreciate a good wood joke. That'll last mm-hmm. forever. And I, too, am taking Stanford. I spy something tall and green. Three. All right. Nobody's going to know what movie that's from, Beach. If you do, you know, send us an email. All right, Beach. Now we've got two games left on the docket. Uh, first up, Arizona at Washington. Ooh. I'm going to take Washington on that one. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah I'm going to take Washington on that Okay, one. Kyle says, sexy wildcat versus sexy husky. Going with the sexy wildcat. I don't know, Beach. I'm torn on this one. If I knew Browning was in or out, I would, uh, that would just, that would uh, help me uh, decide what's going on. So right now, I'll let you know this, Beach. It's Chris Peterson, head coach of Peterson, says, every day Browning's shoulder gets a little bit better. I'm going to take Arizona. That's what I've written down. I'm taking Arizona. All right, Beach, and the last game of the week, Oregon State at number 13, Utah. What you got? Uh, I got to take Oregon State on this one. All right, Kyle says, sexy beaver versus sexy ute. Native American costumes... Excuse me. Native American sexy costumes are only acceptable in Neverland. Sexy Beaver is a clear winner. So I, too, will take Oregon State. And, of course, he's referring to Tiger Tiger Lily. Lily, Yes, and Peter Pan. I don't know how sexy her costume was in that, but, you know. You you know, in that song in the movie, they're like, again, how to offend somebody. Mm -hmm. The the song goes, why is the red man red? Mm Mm-hmm. How dare Disney call Red Men yeah, Red? It was the 50s. It was a different they, time. I know. They should call them like they should be called, which is engines. <laughs> wow, Beach. Yeah, I took it there. I took it there because I'm tired of the crap. <laughs> and people got Everybody. people have to learn to take a joke. People who aren't Redskins fans are offended by the name Redskins. Well, you know what? It's a good thing you're not their fan. So shut the hell up and support your own damn team. God, I hate people. I, I'm... I'm becoming more and more that way, too. All righty, Beach. So we've got that down for the week. All right, Beach. I wanted to talk to you right now. I'm going to bounce some ideas off you. Obviously, no home tailgater this week uh, with the Mm -hmm. Beach being at Utah. I must say I thought last week's tailgater was quite excellent. 
I, you know, it went really well. Everybody really loved the food. I was surprised. I thought the Chili Colorado it, turned out excellent. We had great reviews on that. I'm just surprised how well nachos are, are accepted across all demographics. Well, they're good, especially because you get to make whatever you want. That's true. I love when you can control the distribution. Exactly. Um, but I thought yeah. the the chicken turned out excellent. I thought the, chi- the chicken was the chicken was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought I did pretty good. I was pretty impressed with myself. I was a little. I'm always a little worried when I make a recipe for the first time ever, which is what it was mm-hmm. with the chili Colorado. But well, and and honestly, I think the the thing that really tipped the scales was the fact that we had Qdoba cheese. Oh yeah, sauce. that's always good. Yeah, I mean, anybody else brings the crappy cheese sauce. We go with the premium brand. Yep, exactly. Now, Beach, uh, this brings me up to next week's tailgater. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't really have anything down on our kind of early season look at it. Um, Mm -hmm. We had a couple of ideas, but I wanted to bounce a couple of ideas off of you. So, you know, we do like to theme at least one. A menu item to the team we're playing, be it a regional specialty or a state, some of the states known for or something like that. Exactly. With Colorado, obviously we made Chili Colorado, which Chili Colorado has nothing to do with the state of Colorado. It's just called that. But we also made the Jolly, the Rancher. Jolly Rancher cocktail, which turned out really well because Jolly Ranchers were invented in Colorado. That brings us to UCLA, Beach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, what the heck says UCLA? If I ask my wife, she says we should serve Diet Coke and cigarettes. Because what says UCLA more than Diet Coke and cigarettes? I didn't think there were big cigarette smokers There's a lot there. of smokers down there that you wouldn't know about. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But anyways, so uh, being as that uh, we, meaning you, me, pretty much our whole family, are a bunch of Disney enthusiasts – especially Disney park enthusiasts. Uh, I figured we'd do some Disneyland food. Mm -hmm. Um, And so right now I was thinking uh, on my list of foods that we need to do, I was thinking we were going to do something from the, well, two things from the Bengal barbecue uh, Mm -hmm. food stand over in Disneyland. I was, that's the one that's right, right across from Indiana. Correct. Correct. That does all the skewers. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to do the banyan beef okay, and the safari skewer. Now, I wasn't going to do the banyan beef skewer. I mm-hmm. was going to just cook up steaks and uh, hit them with the banyan beef sauce in the chafing dish so people could grab what they wanted. Okay. okay. So right. I was going to do that. Um, and then the safari skewer is the bacon-wrapped asparagus. Okay, I love that. Those and are I figure favorite. that's something we can actually – I'll skewer those up and have those out for people. Okay? okay. So the banyan beef and the safari skewer. I was also going to make another dish, which is the countdown chicken fusilli. Okay, which is the, from over in, over in Tomorrowland at, at Red there. Rockets Pizza Port. That's correct. It's the fusilli pasta, and I'm doing everything I can to find fusilli. Is it a tough pasta to find? It is a to tough find? pasta to find. It might end up being countdown chicken rotini, but I'm okay. working on it. Trust me, I'm trying all my distributors. I'm trying stores everywhere. Well, at least we got a, a week or so to I'm, worry I'm about. I'm working it. on it. Uh, tomorrow is my last big chance. If I can't find okay. it tomorrow, then it's probably going to be rotini. So we're going to have a countdown chicken fusilli, which is basically a, a chicken pasta dish. It also has mm-hmm. some sun dried tomatoes. And 
uh, it's mixed with um, an like Alfredo, an Alfredo slash pesto sauce. A little bit yes. Of okay. Um, for dessert beads, I was thinking we could do some churros. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, are these going to be full-size churros or mini churros? They're going to be full-size churros. Ooh, wow. That's involved. But I figured you could cut them. Okay. Good like I was going to say, otherwise, we need little condoms just like they have at Disneyland, you know, to put it in. Or I guess they just wrap, wrap it in it. a... Uh, yeah. yeah. But we can have napkins there. People can wrap it in a napkin. Okay. I would like to have, like, like wax paper wrap, though. That'd be pretty I'll cool. see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Okay. All right, Beach. Okay. So anything else you would like me to add to this list? Well, like I said, I think uh, chocolate covered, frozen chocolate-covered bananas might be good. I don't know where I could find those. Okay. You can buy those at Freddy's. Chocolate-covered bananas? Problem is, Beach, yes. keeping them frozen. Yeah, that was my only concern. Um, the other thing, you could buy some giant pickles. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. I'll write it down. Big pickles. Big pickles. Who doesn't like a big I pickle? I love a big pickle when I walk down Main Street. Mm-hmm. I get one there or I get it over at the Adventureland uh, fruit stand over there. I like it over there too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I was thinking if we wanted to do a drink, I could do a mint julep. I like the idea of a mint julep. Are we going to do full tilt mint julep or non full tilt What I'm thinking mint is we'll do the Disneyland version of the mint julep. And uh-huh. we could have some bourbon there if people wanted to bourbon it up. Okay. Does that work? I think that's a good idea. Okay. Anything else? Beignets would be uh, nice, that's, but that's probably too difficult. That's going to be too difficult. Yeah. Um, we can do some other fried stuff that you like. The pickles went over surprisingly well, the few that I cooked up yesterday, yeah. last weekend. Screw you, buddy. So I guess we'll do some fried yeah, pickles. Yeah, I'll buy some more of those too, you butthead. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Should we do some kind of salad? I don't know. What's What What kind of salad were you thinking? I don't know. I can't think of any Disneyland salad. Yeah, the salad kind of is lost on me there, mm-hmm. Billy. We're going to bring coffee and call it Starbucks? <laughs> Good. Anyways, Might be good. Oh, do we know what time the game no, is? No, we do not have a time yet. Okay. So, no time yet. So, all right, Beach. Well, this is a good starting point. We will talk about. Uh, we'll think about this some more, and we will finalize it next week. All right. Sounds like a plan. Hopefully, we have a midday game, like like a four o'clock game would be awesome. That'd be nice. Think we'll be so lucky? It would be nice, Beach. But we'll wait and see. I know the the two. There's already two seven thirty games scheduled, so shouldn't be seven thirty. All right, Beej, last segment of the day is our Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Ooh, this is, this is where I shine, Billy. Yeah, you definitely do something. <clears throat> okay. You know, so he, I feel like for however long we've been doing the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores, we've always focused on the cheaters, have we not? Pretty much. We've never focused on the whores. Mm, not in the literal sense. Yes. So this is going to be our first real whore. Now, when you think of a football whore of, oh, the 1980s, who stands out? 
Now, a whore being somebody that you pay a lot of money to, and after it's all said and done, their performance was extremely lackluster. Uh, you leave there poor and unsatisfied. Are we talking professional football or? We're talking professional football because that's when money should exchange hands. We're ignoring all that stuff Oregon does. Oh, okay. okay. We're dealing, yeah. Um, so when money legally exchanges I mean, there's hands. a couple of guys I can think of. Todd Marinovich. Okay. Um, Pay him a lot of money. Possibly he, Brian Bosworth. Bingo, Billy. Oh, okay. Brian Keith Bosworth. Nicknamed the Boz. Bosworth attended the University of Oklahoma where he played from 1984 to 1986. He was recognized uh, as a consensus first team All-American in 1985 and again in 1986. Known for his radical hairstyles and criticism of the NCAA as much as his on-field play, Bosworth embraced publicity and controversy. On more than one occasion, Bosworth referred to the NCAA as the National Communists Against Athletes. He wore a t-shirt bearing that slogan during the 1987 Orange Bowl game following the 1986 season. Barred from playing in the game because of a positive steroid test, Bosworth unveiled the shirt while standing on the sidelines to the shock and outrage of many, including his own coach, Barry Switzer. Brian claimed that his use of steroids was medically prescribed by his doctor because of his injuries. While Switzer was known for running a loose ship, the incident was too much even for him, and he dismissed Bosworth from the team. Uh, let's see. In addition to his athletic accomplishments, Bosworth was a good student, graduating a year early, and thus becoming eligible for the NFL's supplemental draft. Uh, in September 1988, Bosworth wrote an autobiography, The Boz, with Sports Illustrated's Rick Riley. In it, Bosworth said the Sooner football program was, was laden with drug use, gunplay in the athletic dorm, and other wild behavior. Although many Sooner boosters dismissed it as the rantings of a resentful ex-player, an NCAA report issued three months later confirmed many of Bosworth's claims and ultimately led to Switzer being forced to resign. Uh, did you know that? Yep. Okay. Bosworth and two of his University of Oklahoma teammates were barred from playing in the Orange Bowl game against Arkansas on January 1st, 1987, because they tested positive for anabolic steroids. The ruling was made by the NCAA, which instituted the test for this uh, for some championship events and football bowl games that year in an effort to prevent the use of over 100 banned generic drugs. Uh, prior to his entry into the NFL supplemental draft, Bosworth had sent letters to various. This is this is where it gets awesome. Prior to his entry into the NFL supplemental draft, Bosworth had sent letters to various NFL teams stating that if they drafted him, he wouldn't report to their training camp and he wouldn't play for them. As a joke, the Tacoma Stars of the Major Indoor Soccer League selected him in the 12th round in their 1987 draft, as their general manager stated, because we didn't receive a letter from him that he wouldn't play for us. Bosworth was interviewed on the Today Show by Bryant Gumbel shortly after word came out about the letters and declared his desire to play for the Los Angeles Raiders above all else, saying he felt they fit his personality best. 
ultimately, though, Bosworth was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, one of the teams he had sent a letter to of uninterest. In the, 198, uh, in the 1987 NFL Supplemental Draft, and after initially declaring he would stick to his promise that he would not sign, he signed uh, what was both the biggest contract in team history and the biggest rookie contract in NFL history at the time. Ten years for $11 million. After being drafted, Bosworth sued the NFL for the right to wear number 44, the number he wore in college, and the Seahawks actually petitioned for the rule change uh, due to uh, NFL uh, prohibition of linebackers wearing jerseys in the 40s. Uh, but they were unsuccessful. Uh, Bosworth ultimately chose to wear number 55. Long after, after Bosworth retired, the NFL would change its rules to allow linebackers to wear jerseys in the 40s in 2015. I just can't believe you'd send a letter out saying, I'm not going to play for you. And then, again, where it comes into being a whore is he went back and he took the $11 million and still went for it. But going on, Bosworth signed with the Seahawks team that had failed to reach the playoffs for two seasons. Uh, Ten and six finish in 86 was only good enough for third in the old AFC West as they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in head-to-head matchup. He appeared in 12 games in his rookie season, playing well for the most part, but became known more for his outspoken personality and appearance than his actual play on the field. Before the first game of the season versus the Denver Broncos, Bosworth trash-talked Denver quarterback John Elway. 10,000 Denver fans wore $15 t-shirts reading Ban the Boz, but did not know that Bosworth's company manufactured the shirts. Mm -hmm. I love those. Later that season, prior to the Seahawks' second matchup with the Los Angeles Raiders, Bosworth publicly claimed that he was going to contain Raiders running back Bo Jackson. During a red zone play, Jackson received a handoff, and although Bosworth wrapped him up, proceeded to run for a short gain, knocking Bosworth to the ground and scoring a touchdown. According to Jackson, when he and Bosworth got to their feet after the play was over, he told Bosworth, quote, Next time, make sure you've got bus fare, infuriating Bosworth. Uh, the Raiders went on to win that game 37-14, to 14, thanks in part to Jackson's touchdown and 221 rushing mm-hmm. yards. Bosworth was forced to retire after only two seasons in 1989, having suffered a shoulder injury in the 1988 season. Team doctor Pierce E. Scranton Jr. explained that Brian was a 25-year-old with the shoulders of a 60-year-old. He flunked my physical. Wow. Remembered for his lackluster professional football career, Bosworth was named the sixth worst flop on the biggest flops of the last 25 years list by ESPN in July of 2004. Mm. And number three on NFL Network's NFL Top 10 Draft Busts. In the case of the latter program, Bosworth was one of the only listed players to be interviewed. One of his contemporaries, Matt Millen, defended Bosworth, saying that he remembers an excellent linebacker who simply had injuries catch up to him. True. True. Anyway. And one of the interesting comments uh, was that Bosworth made an appearance in the booth during the Monday night football broadcast on which the Seattle Seahawks hosted the Oakland Raiders on November 6, 2006. During the discussion, he asserted that he had no regrets about his football career, but wished that he and Bo Jackson had longer careers. He also said that he thought he and Jackson would have developed a good rivalry had they been able to play longer. Um, and so after his football career, he essentially became an, well, I don't know what he does to make a living, but he's actually starred in quite a few movies. Did you know that? Yeah, he also does, uh, he's also a commentator. Yeah, he's done that Mm -hmm. for a while too. 
Um, but I was looking through his, Stone his movie Cold. Career. Yeah, mm-hmm. 1991, mm-hmm. Stone mm-hmm. Cold. Um, but and he's actually they even have one 2015 one called Do You Believe? But the one that grabbed my eye because it's the only one of the movies that I knew, 2005, The Longest Yard. Yeah, he was in that. He was one of the guards. Yeah, he played guard Garner. It says. Yeah. So, yeah. So interesting, but I do think. All things being equal, Brian or um, uh, Mr. Bosworth is a whore. <laughs> okay. With your definition, I guess that would work. I kind of like the guy. No, I nothing against. It's just, you know, there's a lot of nice whores in the world, Billy. We're, we're not. <laughs> cheaters are bad. Whores are just whores. Okay. okay. Right. You know, I'm just. All right. No, I like that he would go and sell the shirts like that himself. That, that is so Most cool. people would go buy the shirts, he'd be the oh. one making the money off it. His his biography yeah. is actually pretty funny, if you can find it? it. Yeah, it's pretty damn funny, actually. <laughs> he's pretty funny. It, it, um, it sounds like he's a pretty smart guy. I mean, well, he graduated college fairly well, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming it wasn't just gravy stuff oh, that no, he took. No. And he's kept his, uh, he's kept his career alive, man. Yeah, you don't hear about him much anymore, but you know for a fact that this guy started starring in movies in 1991, and in 2015 he's still doing movies. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't get paid and, huge and, and bank. And he's still for on it, TV but, doing football commentation, commentating. Yeah, it, it keeps him in the public eye. So, that'd be a good one, good one, good one, good one. I, Always bring. Maybe we need to. Fo- well, maybe we need to focus more on the there horse. We well, it's up to you. That, that's your segment. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show number 67 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator. Also, check us out on Facebook. Just search for Heinrich Tailgator. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. You can also listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beach, it's been a good one. It has been, Billy. Yes. Next week will be show number 68. We'll do some more silly stuff, and we'll finalize that UCLA tailgate menu. Okay. And uh, we'll see what else uh, happens this weekend, all right? Sweet. All right, let's finish it up with a great big Go Beavs.
Shit. What? Rollers. No. Yep. Shit.